You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Didn't I ever send you that video of like that guy did a tech demo of like a transformer breakdancing? No. <laughs> it was Soundwave, yeah. Breakdancing. Oh, you did sound- tell me about yeah. that. Yeah, like a little motion capture uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, cool story, bro. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's all. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. Sometimes they're good movies. No matter what the case, every week uh, we will try to watch a movie and then come back here and uh, talk about it with one another, analyze it, and uh, invite you to take part in the conversation. All you have to do is go to Facebook in the search bar, put in the editing bay. That's going to bring up an image of a woman with bleeding eyes. That's us. That's where you could talk back to us. So go ahead and click on that, and uh, you could join in this discussion uh, as we talk about a little movie that we like to call Gross Point Blank. And the reason why we like to call it that is because that's the that's the name, name of the movie. <laughs> that's that's you, the title. You just got purred happily. Yep, I did. That's a little Parks and Rec reference there. Case over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whack, 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 whack. Tap, tap. With my with my judge hammer. <laughs> Parentheses gavel. That would be a great name for like a Judge Dread sequel. Judge hammer. Judge hammer. Ooh, I like that. Hey, did you ever watch Dread? Uh, no, I have not. Mm. But we watched Judge Dread starring Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Well, he's Sylvester. That's hard, that's hard to say. He's kept that name. I think we did that, what, back in September, October of 2016. Not too long ago. Well, it's a good thing we're not talking about X-Men Days of Future Past. No, but man, we talked about some Logan last week. Mm-hmm. And then after we were done talking about it, we talked about it some more. <laughs> we went out back and we were talking about it. We're like, man, that last shot, we just started crying. Oh, God. The people it's, I was sitting next to and Jan and I like, just... Sobbing openly, weeping. Yeah. I was one of them. Too. You, said, you said you were sitting next to Hillary, and she didn't even dusty. recognize. No, me. yeah, and I, I, I saw her coming in, but it was we came in like right before they started doing the trailers. You were those and, people. Uh, no, listen, it, it we it wasn't like we showed up in the middle of the first act. Like yeah. you know, we were we were still there early on time enough to see some of the pre-show, but uh, she didn't seem to recognize me. I didn't want to like call her out. So I heard that they added a Deadpool scene. To the oh. beginning of this, they did not show this. Scene oh, you're kidding! When we when we saw the press, have you not seen the trailer? Then still have teaser? Not, still have. Oh, not dude, seen it's it. hilarious. Is it good? Uh, yes, it is. Um, well, then, I, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it. For okay, you don't spoil it. For I me. think of all people, you would appreciate the joke more than the audience did. There's yeah. a long gag that uh, gets funnier as it goes on. Oh, for okay. me anyway. Okay, uh, it didn't really play to the audience. I don't I have know. To, I have to check that why, out. Which is unfortunate. I wonder if it's online. I wonder if it's online. I know it's online. Oh. Okay. I saw it well, online. When we finish up with this, I'll probably watch it. The interwebs. So I can see what the Ooh, fuck is going on. You know what on. we'll do? We'll post on Facebook another one. I'll take video oh, of you God, watching it for it. the I first feel time. So bad really? About the way that I look right now. I don't want people to you see You look me. great, dude. I even t- you're, you're clean you're, you shaven. You inflected up. You, you inflected up. <laughs> Was that a microaggression? <laughs> you, you, you look great. <laughs> oh, you're fine. 
I mean, you look great. I, I said that because I'm incredulous that you think that uh, you don't. You know what? You look great. I have a face for radio, as they say. That is not true uh, at it, all. Yeah, I hope it's true because, dude, I've been getting some voice acting gigs. Oh, that's right, dude. How did that go? Well, this is like the second time for like you now, right? A few, a few weeks ago, I did a an audition over at Funimation. Mm-hmm. And a little backstory on yeah, this. Yeah, explain to the I, audience. Okay, so Funimation is a production house here in Dallas. They do a lot of like the English overdubs for Japanese cartoons. And years and years and years and years ago, I had auditioned for this place mm-hmm. and totally whiffed it. The, the audition was horrible. Like you go in and they're like, okay, here's some notebooks at the front desk. Pick three characters that you like, that you think you can read, and then we'll, have, we'll bring you in and have you read this stuff. All right. So when I first auditioned, again, it's probably been about eight, seven, eight years ago. Oh, you're kidding. That long. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> uh, not to me. Not to me. Never to me. Uh, hashtag self-deprecation. <laughs> so, <laughs> ha- hashtag lady goats can be doctors too. Hashtag feminism. feminism. Uh, Callback to two weeks ago. So, uh, so no, I, I went in and I read for these three characters and I did horribly. Like, it was one of those... Almost like La La Land, where I started reading and I felt like they wanted me out of the room immediately. The guy's checking his phone. uh... No, we're good. (laughs) That's the worst. Uh, So I read for these three characters and they're like, okay, cool, thanks. And they just ushered me out. Mm -hmm. So immediately I knew I whiffed it. And so I put myself back on the audition list. But you have to start all over again. It's taken... Almost like six, seven years. For it's to get been back seven hours and for 16 days. Is it 15 days? I don't know. Dude. Me neither. You added an extra one. <laughs> it, it adds. It adds a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it, it literally added. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I, like six, seven years have gone by, and I finally made it to the top of the list again. And I get this email saying, hey, you know, you're, you've made it to the, the, you're on the audition list. You know, we've got something coming up. Uh, if you'd like to come out, just please confirm. Da, da, da. So mm-hmm. I, I decided, you know, I'm going to go out. And I'm going to try one more time. Uh, and maybe I can make this thing happen. Good and, for you. Yeah. And so I go out and I audition. I pick my three sides. And I try. Now, what to, does that mean? That, well, you pick your three characters that you wanted to read. They had the notebooks up front. And okay. then I got to pick like the three characters that I wanted to read but for. Or the lingo. And so I go in and I tried to think a little bit more outside the box. And I think the thing that helped me was to realize like, hey, don't try to do a whole bunch of different voices. Mm-hmm. Just figure out what your range is. Figure out what like what, what my voice is, mm-hmm. and then just try to make it the best it can be. So don't be Robin Williams. Be James Earl Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Know what your your voice quality is. Yeah. And, and, and play own to your it. strengths. And play to your strengths. Exactly. Don't try to overstretch yourself. People aren't really impressed with how diverse you could be initially. Mm-hmm. They just want to know if you've got a handle on what you sound like, mm-hmm. and they also want to know if you could take direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I read my three parts, and they tried to direct me a few times, and I tried to give them the most honest and, and best you know, attempt at what they wanted. And then I finished my three sides, and then suddenly they asked me to read a different one. Well, that's always like, a good sign. They're like, hey, can you read this one? And I read that, and then they gave me another one to read. And they're like, all right, cool. Okay, well, we want to do something with you now where, uh, and they... Oh, role-playing. They, well, no, yeah. <laughs> I was the nurse. Uh, no, they had... into 50 shades of gray all <laughs> of a sudden. right. We played Who's in My Mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Uh, okay, no, I'm not going to give you a hint. That's disgusting. <laughs> so, uh, so no, they had me do the thing they call reading to the flaps, and it's the, the mouth movements. Yeah, where you're trying to sink the lips... Yeah, because the, the it's a completely different language, language obviously, and so the the lip sync is all off, mm-hmm. uh, and so you don't want it. They try to match it so that the English words are coming out, but 
because of the cadence, it's always it's, an awkward thing. Yeah, and it's it really always tough. bugs me when you see that in, in uh, anime movies where yeah. sometimes the American actors don't quite get it that right. They don't get it. Like we were talking about this last week. We were talking yeah. about Billy Bob Thornton was in Princess horrible. Mononoke. And I love that film too, but yeah, he, I cannot bad. watch it with the English uh, voiceover nope. on. I have to do the subtitles. There's, there are a lot where like you don't, you just cannot watch it with the English dub. Yeah. Like, it's, there's it's, a, it's a, a show skip. called Gurren Lagann, and I have to watch it with the with the Japanese. Oh yeah. With the English text because it's too it's too bad. Yeah, it's a little distracting. Mm. Uh, but no, I ended up, uh, you know, he had to direct me a couple times to kind of get the hang of it, mm-hmm. of reading the line and trying to match the thing at the same time. Second try, I got it. Nice. And so, uh, yeah, I, I walked out of that audition. I felt a little more confident. And like within a day, I got a text asking me to come in and, you know, you go. do a session with him. And then last night I did another one. They called me in. And then today... Oh. They, I got a text. They want to bring me back in again. Hell yeah, dude. So, nice. Yeah. Congrats, so this man. Is, when will we we'll be... Damn it. Why can I not talk? I can't, when I, will we be able to hear your work? Um, Slow down, Joel. I can't tell you exactly what I've been working on, okay. but I can tell you that you'll probably be able to hear it coming up in the next like two or three months. Oh, that's soon. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, the production is already done, right? They're, they I just mean, have doing to it right there. literally do the audio. Yeah. It's not like they're still animating anything. This shit's exactly. come out in Japan years ago, right? Exactly. Or, exactly. I'm assuming Japan, but there's probably... Yeah. Some Korean uh, mixed hey, in there, there's too. There's going to be some Korean, mm-hmm. some Chinese, mm. some Taiwanese. I'm getting hungry. I know, right? <laughs> Sarah and I had some Jap- or some Chinese food. <laughs> some, some Japanese some food. Some Japanese food, too. Mm-hmm. We went to Benihana. Mm-hmm. No, uh, we got some Chinese food. And so, yeah, I'm totally totally feeling it. Filled with some, some rice <laughs> and veggies. You'll, you know you'll be hungry in half an hour. Brother, I but I'm having a lot of fun doing this. It's, it's actually kind of a, a fun release. After working a really stressful job, like yeah. all day, and like being able to go do something like this, really creative. It's, I bet you're really good at it too. Super fun. You've done some uh, voice acting for video games, right? I did, yeah, for Max Payne Three. Yeah, I, I did some stuff, but it was. I mean, I didn't have to match any mouth. Was that like yells like that. and it shit? Was just yells. And ah! At one point, like Max Payne, it's a flashback to New York City, and Max is in a bar, mm-hmm. and you can hear some guys kind of mobilizing outside. They're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, that motherfucker's in there. I know it." That's you. That's me. <laughs> nice. All right, when that door opens, I want you to open fire. You know, like this shit, like that. <laughs> Do you sound like uh, the commissioner from uh, the old 60s Batman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Batman. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of something that I've Well, congrats, on. man. I can't much. wait to hear it. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I mean, Enjoy. something, you know, it's... it's kind of getting in the way of our uh, podcast recording schedule, <laughs> know, to be right? honest. I'm just saying. Billy, hey, Joel, can we push this back because uh, they yeah, called me sure. in for a session? Yeah, I like staying up till midnight on Tuesdays. Fine. I'll t- I'll t- <laughs> Just fucking with you, dude. <laughs> I'm usually up till that anyway. Uh, yeah, so wouldn't so miss it. That's it. Uh, but yeah, getting getting back on track here. Um, we've got this little movie that we've been promising the listeners that we're going to be talking about for like the past five six months. No, it wasn't been that long. It's has been a it? while. It's been since Jeff has been. You know, you're before kidding. Before Jeff moved away. Now, now, so why did we not do this film previously? I do you recall? I, I like don't know. I think the back someone burner? someone died. That sounds about right. And then like we thought of a better movie to do. And yeah. Yeah, well, oh, no, I know exactly what it was because, well, I don't want to spoil fucking what the film life, is. Fucking life. We've already talked about it. We, we said what the name of the movie oh, is. Oh, Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. I feel like that was the end of either last way, Either way, whoever's listening to this will have, will have like, tapped from the title of the episode. Yeah. Context clues. <laughs> oh, I wonder what movie they're talking they about. They call those. <laughs> Gross Point Blank, uh, 1997, starring... Uh, John Cusack. John Cusack. Yeah. And that song. 
And also Dan Aykroyd in an assorted mix of... uh, Mini Driver. That's right. Alan Arkin. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Piven. Oh, the Pivs is in this. Yes, Ari Gold. But uh, where was I going with this? Oh, Gross Point Blake. Uh, I know what it was because this film is about uh, a, not a 20-year reunion, but a 10-year reunion, high school reunion. Oh, that's right. And I had my 20-year reunion come up. That's right. Was that over the summer? Yes. Did you ever go? Yeah, we went. You did go? We went. Had a great time. How was it? Had a great time. Really? Yeah. All right. Because somebody forgot to organize mine. Oh, Mine shit. was to, would have been last year. Oh God! And uh, also, uh, yeah. <laughs> just for, they just dropped the ball. I off. had a feeling Who that was would your happen. fucking class. It president? was. A, I don't even remember anymore. I'll tell you, he's dude, probably dead. We were, <laughs> we were talking. Sarah and I were talking about it after the uh, the reunion. We were talking about like, can you imagine like. When you're a kid, you don't think like you you're running for class president. You have no idea like that this is the responsibility that you're going to have. Yeah, right. Twenty years from 20, now, twenty, thirty years from now, forty mm-hmm. years from now, you're going to be a, a twice divorced alcoholic. Like, does somebody else uh, like take it over if like the class president dies? You'd think with like Facebook and email, it's like, definitely made things easier. I would have answers to these questions, and sadly, I I don't know what happened. I don't yeah. know what the hierarchy is. That's the vice president. Of Paraguay. <laughs> that guy right. gets killed with a fork. Uh, what? It's a reference to this movie. I killed oh, the president of Paraguay with a fork. right. So uh, Martin Blank wow. is a professional hitman, mm-hmm. uh, assassin for hire. Why do you suppose his last name is Blank, Joe? Because <laughs> <laughs> some fucking clever script writer decided that, that because there's a gross point and there's yeah. an actual location called Gross Point. Yeah, Gross Point, and he's Martin Blank. Yeah, this is one of those films where they came up with like, a title. Hey, Gross Point Blank, like he's taking you out, point yeah. blank range. Get it? It's like Goodwill Hunting. His name is <laughs> Will, Will Hunting. Will Hunting, and he's a good guy. That he's hunting for applesauce. his goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How you like them apples? <laughs> applesauce, bitch. Uh, I love that. That I mean... Say what you want about uh, Jay and Silent Bob and the work of Kevin Smith, but that whole fucking bit where he does like the Pee Wee Herman bit where they're going through the back lot. Oh, right, yeah. And they, they get on the set of Goodwill Hunting 2 hunting season. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is some fun shit. Why is that a Pee Wee Herman thing? Because the Pee Wee's Big Adventure uh-huh. when he goes to the back lot and he does the whole thing where he's riding through the different movie sets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a sequel to another. Or you're just no, that's, no, no, no. That's, that's where the comparison that's where, ends. That's that's where the no, comparison I'm, ends. I'm reading you've too got much. Jay into and it. Silent Bob that are running through the back lot and they end up on the you. sets of different movies. Yeah, that part I remember. It's kind of the different. <laughs> wow, I thought you were referencing. Never mind, that went nowhere. <laughs> no, I get the comparison. Cut, cut that out, Jeff. Cut that part out. Uh, uh, Gross point blank. Gross point blank. 1997. I'm not going to fall into it. Uh, yeah. Did you see this when this film came out? In the out? theater, yeah. We went you to did. A, we went to a preview screening. Oh, like back you when and your fucking special uh, no, treatment. No, 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 no. This was like I was with my, uh, I was on vacation. I was in New York with my dad and they were doing like a special uh, like early screening of the movie, like, but that you could buy tickets to go see. So basically it was mm. like unlimited release. Oh, okay. Because the movie hadn't actually officially come out yet wide release wise, mm. but there were a few theaters up in New York that were showing it. And so we went to see it. Because I like John Cusack. Yeah. Who doesn't? Right? Uh, uh, and, maybe not in person. So, <laughs> Apparently he's a bit of an asshole. A little bit of an asshole. hard to work with. I guess so. In his later years. Uh, that's probably why they didn't get him for Hot Tub Time Machine 2. They, it's not that they didn't get him. He he either refused or was not asked back, depending yeah. on who you talk to. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a shame, man. Because he comes across on... Lloyd Dobler, man, comes across quite charming <laughs> on, on camera. Yeah. Uh, but no, he... Uh, Martin Blank... Uh, he's a professional hitman, mm-hmm. and he's been invited to his cl- his ten year reunion, mm-hmm. and he has some trepidation about going back to his hometown because he left his high school girlfriend 
Yeah. Uh, he stood her up on prom night. For prom, that's and right. decided to go join the army. So, like, nobody knew where he went for all this time? Like, nope, we're to believe that knew. over the 10 years, like, people just... Like, even his parents? Like, his mom? Like, is... does it, yeah, doesn't this become like a... Um, you know, like a Gone Girl situation where the the press gets involved and there's a... Uh, how is this just like a... Oh, well, you know, he just up and left. Where's, where's Martin Where's Martin Blank? Uh, I kind of feel like... <laughs> Not in Gross Point. Through the context of the movie, mm-hmm. like his family knew. Everybody knew he took off, but nobody knows where he went. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the whole army story kind of helps to cover that a little bit. Sure. So I'll give it a pass. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that he wants to do is kind of confront his past and mm-hmm. he wants to reconnect he feels like he's having a, a sense of of more mortality mm-hmm. he's he's feeling general it. melee yeah mm-hmm. uh which general melee <laughs> uh so there's this woman played by mini driver mm-hmm. debbie newberry doing a an american accent and a bang up job at it she's if doing I say. pretty good she's not doing, bad her american accent is way better than the way they portray her being a radio dj <laughs> we talked about this a few weeks ago it too. Is, it is the worst I, I talk about how there's good and there's bad this is the worst portrayal of like someone being a radio dj ever yeah like she's just like spouting off and this is like a, a, a like a music radio station and she's just like spouting off and like pontificating and like as the, if it was like a nighttime t- program right? and, like, and it's not she's it's cutting in in the middle of songs cutting in the middle of a fucking song i mean conversations with people who just barge in yeah and she's just like putting someone down on the no 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 come here get in and and the thing is there's part of it that's really charming because i've seen those radio stations that are in like old town squares yeah looking out under the streets like this in downtown old downtown allen texas Ooh. used to have like a, an old radio station so it was just like that but that is not how it's not how this works <laughs> it's not how any of this it's works not how, it's not how the force works <laughs> Uh, and so that that's something that kind of takes me out of it. But despite that, Minnie Driver's so damn cute. She's and adorable. So charming in this film. We were talking about Goodwill Hunting earlier, and uh, I I revisited that movie recently. Man, does it hold up? I still love it. Yeah. And she's really good in it. It kind of made me wonder, like, where is she? Why don't we see her in more? She's stuff doing nowadays? TV now. It, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, she's doing a, a show. Uh, about a, a Stephen Hawking kind of kid, a kid that's in a wheelchair oh. but has to use like a voice box or whatever. Interesting. Now, when you say TV, you mean like a, sh- a series on Netflix or something? No, or like it's, actual... it's like a network sitcom. No. Oh, oh, you're kidding. Well, no. Well, I would I'm, explain I'm why kidding. I've never heard of it. It's a network sitcom and... Uh, also doing an American accent? Yeah. That? Yeah. See, I think so. I'm just so used to her having that British accent. And it, uh, even though she does a hell of an accent, it's kind of jarring seeing it come out of her face. The funny thing is this was the first movie I'd ever seen her in. Oh, so, so you had no I idea. I didn't know she was a Brit. No context. Yeah, I thought this was, I was like, whoa. And then I found out she was British and I was like, oh man. And I remember having like the biggest crush on yeah, her. Yeah, I like, saw I her. She was super cute. Mm-hmm. I loved her. I loved the her hair. Big, her hair and her big cheeks. Like I, yes. I just, I dug her look, man. Her, her facial features are gathered very closely together in the middle of her face. And then there's a, she's got a bit of a wide face. I'll say yeah, that. she does. But it's framed nicely by her hair. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saw her uh, first in a film with a Chris O'Donnell called Circle of Friends. Circle of Friends. I discovered her there. You know the porn version of that is called Circle Jerk of Friends. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know. Uh, it's not. Starring I don't know. I don't Chris know O'Donnell. <laughs> Dongle? Yeah. Good one, Joel. <laughs> Self high five. Uh, okay. okay, so he's, Back on tra- he's trying to reconnect with Debbie Newberry. Uh, meanwhile... A job that he was supposed to do had gone south, and now he's being tracked by like a, a, a rival agency. I love how in this world of um, of espionage of, and counter espionage, assassins uh-huh. that uh, they all kind of know each other. It's kind of like a known. <laughs> well, it's like John Wick. 
Have yes, you ever seen John yes, Wick? Yes, yes, yeah. I have. There you go. Yeah, very similar. Uh, but they're they're very kind of casual about it. Uh, and I, I I just love the idea of Dan Aykroyd, lovable, doughy Dan Aykroyd. Popcorn. As, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and then quoting like Bible verses near the end yes. when he's got like his two guns. Uh-huh. What looks... Who looks more unnatural wielding those two guns, him or Joan uh, Joan Cusack? Joan Cusack. John Cusack. Because uh, they're like they're doing like pew 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 with their elbows bent. Yeah, their like, elbows are you way would, like, bent. Fucking outstretch mm-hmm. your arms, right? That's how you aim better. You can't shoot like this. They're, I feel like I'm doing T-Rex they're, arms they're, they're, for the listeners. De- there definitely wasn't like an armory master on this film that right, like, taught yeah. them how to shoot. Arlie Ermey was not a consultant on uh, set. Like, you know, you watch people like like uh, Keanu Reeves who can't act his way out of a box. Oh. But like he pulls off action sequences and shit. Like in John, if you watch John Wick or the second John Wick, like this motherfucker, this guy pulls off fucking combat like it's nobody's business. And he's approaching 50, I think, he's right? close to he's it. getting up there. Close to it. Uh, and good on him, man. He's he's doing a good job. Even John Wick 2 is fucking fantastic. I need to see that. Really good sequel. Better than the first? No. No. No, you like the first one. I like the huh? first one better. Hmm, all right. Yeah. Uh, but this one has some great fucking set pieces. Uh, and the the hand to hand combat that they do in this movie is just outrageous. is there more killing of animals because I don't think I could take that again. Nope. Spoiler alert for John nope. Wick one. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil something for John Wick two. Okay. Uh, like the, he's got a new dog mm-hmm. and Pop's got a brand new. dog. And the mob comes and they try to get him. They try to get him to do a job. They're like, you owe us. Da da da. The guy he got the marker from in the first movie. Uh, so he'd get back in, and uh, and so he's got like a house and he's got his dog and stuff. And when he refuses them, the mobsters leave, and then they fucking shoot a missile at his fucking home. Holy shit! And blow it up, and like Keanu Reeves is like blown out of a window, and immediately like, great, what you killed? There goes the dog, dog again. And they totally have like Keanu sitting there, and he's like getting up, and he's recovering, and here comes the dog. Oh, comes they over, did that on purpose. Face. They totally did ah, it. On damn purpose. it! See, that's not fun. But now you know. Don't fuck with me. Well, now, now you know. I do, I'm but I would have been pissed off. But for you're those not, two you minutes. can't be pissed about something that you didn't experience. <sighs> Like gross point blank. Let's talk about gross point blank. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. The uh, the the combat is it's a little rough when it comes <laughs> to the uh, the the staging of it and the 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 even the the hand to hand combat in this movie is a little clumsy. Yeah, but I still appreciate kind of the, the syndicate and of, of assassins and the idea sure. that uh, John Cusack has a business. Where uh, he's having phone conversations with his what secretary, I with guess, secretary who's with Joan Cusack, booking things for him. Yeah, I love near the end where she's like setting everything on fire, <laughs> beating her computer with a hammer. Yes, uh, and one thing that I think is a, a huge shining light in this movie, and I think it's kind of a, I don't know if I don't think the Sopranos started yet, but it's definitely a precursor to the Sopranos and something that adds some layers to it is this assassin and his relationship with his therapist. Yes, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin's fucking Oscar great. Oscar award winner, the Alan Arkin. The fact that he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't leave his fucking office. He just stays he, there the entire time. He was probably able to shoot all of his scenes in one day. In one day. In an yeah. afternoon, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, uh, but a great character, a rich character for as little screen time as he gets. True. He's got a lot of layers, and it's really fun. Uh, no, he's he's absolutely fucking great. I love the uh, you know, the first scene we're introduced, uh, and, and John Cusack, Cusack is telling him about I guess somebody else who he was he was trying to assassin, uh, assassin, assassinate. Um, and Alan Arkin's like, you can't you can't just be cavalier about this stuff like this. You can't just tell me that. And he makes a quick. Qu- I like that he, he 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 jokes with him, and he's like, well, then I'd have to kill you. Yeah, he, and he's like, he's See, like, that's not you funny. Said it. You said it, and now it's out he there. Said, that's that's not as designed to make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite line. <laughs> uh, so, uh, really cleverly written, 
Uh, this is a great script and great actors to put into this script. Yeah, written that, by uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but written by John Cusack and three other dudes. Yeah, so yeah, is that what it is? Skin of the three dream. other dudes. That's how it's in the credits. That's but yeah, another great porno. John Cusack and, and three, three other dudes. Other dudes. Uh, <laughs> so, so you got a young. Uh, I don't even say it. Young Hank Azaria. You've got Hank Azaria running around in this movie. He mm-hmm. plays uh, a, a Fed who's kind of also on like dirty uh, cop. He's a dirty cop on Dan Aykroyd's payroll, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a partner. And man, there's just so many fun things. Like you know, if you could just play like the assassin angle, and that's fun. Like this guy who's an assassin who's trying to go to his high school reunion is kind of an absurd plot, mm-hmm. and they make it work. And I love the fact that he's going back and he's trying to like, you know, recapture some of his childhood. Mm-hmm. He's trying to he's trying to kind of find himself again. And in the process, you know, he finds his old high school buddy played by Jeremy Piven. Yeah, um, doing real estate. Real estate he brokered the deal where his house got sold yeah. and turned into a fucking convenience store. I love the name of it too. It's called Ultramart. <laughs> Ultramart. I can never go home again, but I guess I could shop there. <laughs> Great line. A lot of little one-liners like that. I do enjoy that scene though, where uh, he, he he goes back. I think for a second time, right? Yeah. Uh, to and the, turns to into the, the grocery gunfight. store uh, and has a gunfight. And uh, there's the the store clerk who we're introduced to earlier. Just this poor hapless kid. <laughs> he's just playing video games. He's playing Doom. Actually, he's playing Doom Two, which on, I'm on the arcade. Pretty sure was never actually released as an arcade game. No, that's something they uh, they mocked up for this. I film. just love that nerds like us would point that out. I know, right? It's, Fucking it's Doom. so inaccurate that uh, Doom. <laughs> first of all, Doom Two was released on ADX uh, Six. Um, but yeah, the, the, so there's that whole shootout with him and the Brazilian guy with, yeah. the, with dark eyes, uh-huh. like, a, like a doll's eyes, and um. I'm trying to figure out how that clerk was not just murdered <laughs> several times been. over. Fucking bullets flying all over the damn They place. show the cutaway, like the Brazilian guy comes in the store, and he's like standing in front of him. The next shot is like John Cusack pulling his guns out. And, and shooting in his direction. Just like, just unloading. Yeah. And this guy just continues to play his game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it was funny. Because that's the type of world that this lives in. Um, uh-huh. this, is, this is by definition a dark comedy. Uh, and I, uh, w- when I saw it, I didn't. I didn't really have much of a, an appreciation for dark comedies back in the day. Yeah, because um, I'm, you know me, Joe. I'm like a happy-go-lucky guy. You, you are. I'm generally positive. Um, and it was just kind of too much for me to handle. I didn't like the tone, and I was so in, later in life. I've come but to it's appreciate. kind of enlightening. Like it, near the end of the movie, like there, yeah. there's definitely um, uh, there's definitely some enlightenment that's gained, mm-hmm. and there, I don't know, man. There's, there's a journey that he goes on. It's really, when they're having the gunfight in her house and he's got her and her dad in the bathtub and shit. I love it. And he's like having his gunfight with Dan Aykroyd and then he's coming back and he's like, so what I'm trying to say is, you know, uh, do you think that we could... <laughs> yeah. What, what does he say? She flat out proposes to her right yeah. there. Oh, man. <laughs> and she, she fires at him or something, right? Yeah, and, she's holding the gun. Yeah. Oh, God. That was... It's, it's a fun movie and what I like is... The, uh, the exploration of the mortality of this character and how he starts to find uh, value in human life and rather than take it away. One of the most powerful moments in this movie for me is when he actually, when he gets to the reunion and he goes and he sees like one of his old friends and it's just a very casual conversation, mm-hmm. but she's got a baby. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like... Isn't that a great moment? It's a super moment to a, a fantastic song. And an adorable baby. An adorable baby. Uh, but yeah, you've got this whole thing is underscored by under pressure. Mm-hmm. And One of your favorites, absolutely karaoke and, classic. And uh, and he's just kind of looking at the baby, and, and there's so much being said in this moment that there are no words spoken. Yeah, but so much said. You know this 
this person who has made a living for the past 10 years, like taking lives mm-hmm. and thinking nothing of it. You know, he says the line at the beginning of the movie, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just business. Uh, and then here he is holding a very fragile life in his hands yeah. and kind of understanding and appreciating the value of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn, you know, this is nice. On the flip side of that, I was a little disappointed with um, Mini Driver's character. I thought she was a little one-dimensional. Yeah. I thought that the romance, she, I, I didn't respect her enough because she gives in flat almost immediately. Yeah. Like the first moment she, she thinks she's been dead. And, and the last time she saw him, he was standing her up for prom. He waltzes into her uh, radio station. But God damn it, it's played so well. It is nice. Like her first impulse is to just like j- jump up and kiss him. And it's a, it's a nice, natural, surprising moment. But um, just th- kind of throughout the film, she... Uh, well, I was going to say not to give away the ending, but that's what we do here on this podcast. Sure. But in the end, they end up together, right? Yeah, like he yeah. proposes, they drive off, and then the, the sun sets. Um, to blister in the sun. And, and I know there's a little bit of a, a moment where... Yeah, that's right. Huh. There's a little bit of a moment where she has to reconcile like what he's done in the past and that he wants to change. Uh-huh. But I almost feel like she's already ready to forgive him before she even hears the explanation. Like she yeah. shows up after the huge gunfight at the end and is already looking for excuses. She, like she, they did bad things, right? Like she's even kind of prompting doesn't she, him. Doesn't she show up when he kills the other assassin in the hallway at the school? Yeah. And he says something like, it's not me. Yeah, yeah. Which is, whew. And then she takes off. And fucking Jeremy Piven Jeremy shows Piven. up. And they fucking wrap him up in a fucking yep. banner and take him out. Dispose of body. Who, what friend, I want to ask you this. What friend of yours oh. do you think would help you dispose of a body? Like Joe, if, I like to think that you would, uh, I could I could roll up at your doorstep. Yeah. Joe Pesci style from Goodfellas, like at 2 a.m. Just be like, hey, you got anything in the fridge? And by the way, we got a dead body in the trunk we're going to go bury. I'd be like, did you see the sign out Who's front? Who's in? <laughs> <laughs> Dead person storage. No, I don't think you saw that sign. The store dead people is named my fucking business. Yeah. Thank you for centering that That's for our 2017 audience. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's very interesting, you know, to, to try to think of like who's that friend that like if you if you had to kill like a, a rival assassin or if you just had a dead body and you need to dispose of it. Who do you trust enough that wouldn't fucking rat you out? And it's not even trusting body? enough. There's that fine line between somebody who you can trust enough to know they're not going to rat on you, but also... Uh, Ooh, someone who's going to help you get rid of it. That, that, but also Put somebody who... the fucking furnace. <laughs> he like burns himself as they're oh pushing the body down God. the furnace. But uh, somebody who also isn't too close, who's an obvious person. You know, you don't want to fucking... Uh, uh, what's the guy from The Fugitive? Oh, yeah. who's hunting? Uh, yes, Tommy Harrison Lee Jones. Ford. You don't want Tommy Lee Jones showing up, looking at every outhouse, doghouse, henhouse, rat house, shit house. Yep, for you. I've got it all figured all, out, by the way. All I can think of now is Will Ferrell from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I don't, you have to fill me in. A Marshall Will and Holly. Mm. I don't remember Will Ferrell. From Will, we need to do that movie on the podcast because we you reference a lot. Oh, you we son of a bitch! You Jeff. did. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Then you. Listening audience, go back and listen to Jeff and Joe talk about that. Uh, I will have my say another day. Yes. But uh, not a fan of that film. That rhymed. Saw it once. Mostly because I'm pissed off at what they did to Mark Hamill at the end of it. Don't they fuck just with the Jedi Master. Embarrassed him. Going to be making his first Dallas appearance in like what? 20 years. Mark Hamill. At fan days at the end oh, of the Oh, yeah, month. you said that. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm excited. I'm ex- I am excited. It's going to be cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so getting back to Gross Point Blank. Let's do that. Uh, so... I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this movie. Like, I thought that you you've got a, 
a really fun story. It's a clever script, mm-hmm. uh, some likable characters. I agree with Debbie Newberry. She doesn't really ring of too many notes. She's mm-hmm. pretty one note. But at the same time, like some of their moments together are so genuine and different and fun. Mm-hmm. Like when they play airplane on the uh, bed. I was just going to say, isn't that adorable? That's something and you would do with your building. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Something you would do with your girlfriend. Uh, something that you don't do with your girlfriend mm-hmm. is uh, point guns at each other under the table while you're eating breakfast. <laughs> and that moment between John Cusack and Dan Aykroyd, it's where they're very tense, they're scene. trying to like stay one step ahead of each other. Not since Pacino and, uh, <laughs> and De, Niro De Niro in Heat has there been a diner scene more tense. Uh, I don't know. What, what? I mean, what notes do you have for this? Uh, I, uh, speaking on that scene, I'm I was bugged because of a continuity error, and this is just the editor and me. But uh, that moment when they finally do pull guns. Yes. Uh, and the waitress, like he, Joan Cusack, Joan, fuck, Jesus. John Cusack <laughs> uses her. I thought it was just a joke at first. He uses her as a distraction, like almost as a human shield and kind of knocks the play out of her hand, that steps up behind her. He ceases to be a hero at that point. He, uh, well, uh, I think he's, he's an anti-hero throughout this entire but film. But you, you, you were putting an innocent woman in danger. You were willing to let her take a bullet for you. <laughs> yeah, true. That's kind of... That's kind of rough. It's, but, it's rough to come back from But then when like they that. cut to the wide shot, she's no longer there. She's there in the close-up, gets knocked over, and they cut to the wide, and he just kind of walks out. Always, I had to rewind it and make sure I had watched it correctly. She disappeared. Obviously, it didn't, uh, didn't bug you. She Erased. Tur- she turned into coins. From existence. <laughs> 200 points. Um, what else? Yeah, I, uh, I remember enjoying this film the first time I saw it, and uh, I think my opinion has only... Uh, Risen yeah. since then, I think it holds up. I think it's a it's a it's a fun story. It does what a dark comedy should do. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a comedy for adults, and yeah. not just because there's uh, boobies. You know, this isn't Porky's. <laughs> no, unfortunately, could have used no. a few more tits, frankly. Mm. But you know me, that's how I like my. my, my <laughs> you like your dark comedies? Ten year reunion, <laughs> assassin movies. Uh, I I just feel like this movie speaks to so many things, though. Like. Uh, I was talking about with uh, John Cusack and the baby and like how you catch up with people at reunions. Uh, like I love Jeremy Piven where he keeps trying to like get, uh, what's her name? Oh, God, he keeps saying her name. Hey, Jenny Frazier. Hey, oh, Jenny Fra- yeah. There's that. There's, so sad. There's that. And then, and then the bit between Martin and like the bully guy in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, <laughs> hi, Ted. How are you? And the guy keeps trying to be antagonistic. He's like, let me tell you, there's no us. I don't know what what you've built up in your head, mm-hmm. but we will never exist. Uh, there is no us. So whatever aggression you've got, man, whatever whatever beef you have, it's not with me. Mm-hmm. And the dude's like, pulls this piece of paper out. He's got like poetry. He's, He's like, got a what, poem. What is that? It's a poem. <laughs> oh, that... That's great. And there you like, go, yeah. <laughs> and how he's playing counselor for this guy. But like, you know, to have those moments, to see those things processed and worked out, because I feel like that's something that, you know, 90% of the people watching that movie can identify with in some way, shape, or form. You've been on one side or the other. Yeah, uh, And so I think that it's 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 absolutely interesting. That word flies <laughs> around a lot on this podcast, but it's absolutely interesting to see how this thing kind of comes together and how these characters interact with each other. It It's one of those movies that, I I had never seen anything like it before. Yes, and have seen very few movies like it. Well, since. it's it's difficult to tonally get a film like this right, especially a dark comedy. Um, I've usually there's so many more uh, misses than hits. Yeah. Uh, what was the John Favreau? Very bad things. You ever seen very bad things? Yeah, that's a, that's a dark comedy. Yes, that it is, is a dark ass. Movie. Also with Jeremy Piven, right? Isn't he? I don't that? know. I don't know if he is. Mm, maybe not. Um, but. Uh, 
I think that takes a lot of wrong turns and did not get the tone right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is right in that sweet spot. Which, yeah, coming out in 1997, what do we say? 78? Yeah, 97. 78? 78. <laughs> <laughs> Holy uh, shit. A little, a little ahead of its time. But I did read that uh, as they were filming, they shot a lot of the scenes, almost a majority of the film, Every scene they shot with three different levels, kind of of intensity, uh-huh. and that was kind of they would play they would play it straight, and then they would go a little heightened, and then they would go over the top, and then they just kind of mixed and matched some of those. Tapes. Yeah, exactly. But you I think, definitely get it with the Jeremy Piven where he's like ten years. Yeah, that whole scene Fucking too. Ten. Yeah. Uh, so there's a little bit of some inconsistencies, but yeah. uh, it sounds like they used mostly the over the top mm-hmm. uh, uh, takes, which I think is good helps yeah. it from uh, getting too real mm-hmm. when people are being shot. Fucking soundtrack to this movie is really good. Okay, so that's the other thing. I feel like it's a little bit of uh, emotional manipulation in sure. the sense that, uh, you know, if you're a fan of John Cusack, chances are you are because you loved him in the 80s when mm-hmm. you were growing up and saw him in movies. So much like Hot Tub Time Machine, in fact, it kind of seems like his whole career is just at some point his whole career turned into playing off the nostalgia yes. of being John Cusack. His audience just follows him through the decades. It's like the sequel of being John Malkovich. Yes. <laughs> And this is the 97 version of uh, of uh, where uh, John Cusack fans were. But yeah, a lot of uh, 80s. Well, of course, they're going back to their high school reunion. So they're playing up that era. Mm-hmm. You're hearing all those songs and you're hearing people talk about the events at the time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot like those... Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. I've revisited this movie for both of my reunions, though. Like before the 10th. Both. Oh. Before the 10-year reunion, I watched this movie. And I was like, yep, yep. Kind of got psyched up. And then for the 20th, you know, I kind of watch this movie again, just get back into it. And uh, there's something, while this movie is tragically 90s, uh, (laughs) there is something timeless about what's being said. And I I, I can't, because it's so late, (laughs) I can't quite elucidate (laughs) properly nor put my finger on it. uh, But there is something about this movie that is so appropriate. And and I don't want to use the word important, but, Hmm. but let me use the word important. There's something important about it, you know, especially if you start to face those uh, benchmarks in your life yeah. as you hit your 10-year reunion, your 20-year reunion. Uh, you start to kind of think back on life and your well, mortality and your choices. That's and, prime midlife crisis territory yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah. This this movie uh, has has quite a few things to say about it and ends up telling that story in a very entertaining way. Uh, you know, I, I haven't talked about Dan Aykroyd half as much as I should have <laughs> because he plays a really fantastic foil to Martin Blank. You know, he's he's really good. He's got his own uh, agenda. He wants Martin to join up with his crew. Yeah, it's going to create a union for assassins, basically. Wants fucking, him to... Your fucking club. I don't want to join your fucking club. Are there going to be meetings? <laughs> no meetings. No meetings. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, 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 you usually don't get to see Dan Aykroyd play an antagonist like this. And even then, he's still very likable. Yeah, he is. As he's trying to kill you. <laughs> Running love, around that house. I love the... Uh, you know, Mar, why are you doing this? I don't know. Either I've got a newfound respect for life or I'm in love with your daughter. Yeah. And then they cut to Dan Dan Aykroyd and he's like, this guy's this guy. either got a newfound <laughs> yes. respect for life or he's in love with this guy's daughter. Yeah, I did love that. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's all the notes. And that's I've the world this. that this film lives in. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's zany enough. The zaniest comedy about assassins from the 90s. Yeah, that's right. Starring your favorite 80s. There you go. Superstars. I mean, do you see them could could they ever sequelize this thing? Is this the kind of thing that they could ever franchise? Hmm. No. It no. seems like it's a very encapsulated story. It, it kind of lives in its own time like you said. It's kind of in its own world and it's in its own time. Like mm-hmm. this is this was perfect for the time that it came out. I don't know how it did in the box office. 
But I know I, I ended up seeing it twice in the theater. Sadly, I don't have those stats. Oh, well, I think I think it was. I think it did. I'm glad it. I set you up for that. I think it did pretty well. Hey, I'll look it up. Hey, Joel, how did that movie do? You know what I find weird about uh, the the poster art though for this film? What's that? Well, if I show it to you, you'll you'll recognize it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very iconic. It's got red and yellow, and but nothing here. Like, okay, well, I guess he's, he's got, got a gun, gun in the back of his that he's hiding from yeah. her. I guess that makes sense. But this. This feels disingenuous and to the spirit of the black. film. Man, she looks so cute. He does wear a lot of, yeah, that feels, so it feels like body double. Where there's a lot of photoshopping so? going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. I'm a fan. Do, I mean, do you think that we'd I'd ever, still hit it. <laughs> they should. They could do a gross point blank too, where they like, they've they've got kids that are in high school. Oh, it's their, what's one of their reunions? And maybe <laughs> one of the, maybe the, here's what we do. We, we switch genders. So the daughter <laughs> has now become an assassin. And Taking we over. make it a body swap movie. <laughs> Can we do that? So lightning strikes when they're both making a wish at the same time that they could be younger slash Martin older. Martin Blank was happy to be out of school, <laughs> but now he's back. <laughs> Wake me up before you go, go. I look so young. <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> exactly. And I've got a dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, that's fun. Who would, who would recast it? Then? Well, I don't know. We're going to get to that point here in a bit. Oh, great. Uh, but first, what did Gross Point Blank do right? Uh, for me, um, I, I do enjoy a good uh, dark comedy nowadays. And uh, man, this is probably top five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put it up there with uh, Heathers. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what's another dark comedy I like? Would you consider Mr. and Mrs. Smith a dark Oh, absolutely. Comedy? Yeah. Absolutely. That's very well. That's, that's an underrated film, I think, too. The War of the Roses. Ooh. Remember that one? Michael, yeah, Douglas, Michael Douglas and Kathleen, Kathleen Turner. Turner. That was a good dark comedy that people say will think about. Everything you say, except a, a say millisecond behind. Say what you need behind. to say. <laughs> Uh, but that's what I think it did. Uh, it did right. It, it, it defined its genre. Yeah. What I think Gross Point Blank did right ultimately is the writing. The fucking writing in this movie I think is really tight. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. The characters are defined. Even like Hank Azaria and his partner, they've got yeah. little side discussions that really that kind of make them a little bit richer than they normally would be. I love the scene in the bathroom where uh, uh, John Cusack, I almost said Joan, kind of confronts him. It lets him know, hey, I know who you guys are. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna drop the girl off. So I'm gonna be at my apartment. I'll <laughs> see you in 30 minutes. <laughs> Right? Yes, and then as they leave, Dan Aykroyd comes out of the, have a reveal where he comes out of one of the stalls. He was listening to the whole thing, and they have a conversation. And then at a certain point, they get tired of talking to Dan Aykroyd. Oh yeah, like, oh shit, he's coming back. He's, he's coming, coming back. back. Dan Aykroyd, he's like, gets you right motherfuckers. <laughs> about five seconds before he realizes he's not coming back. Yeah, little moments like that that uh, add some some levity. Yeah, and some character development. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So, what did Gross Point Blank do wrong? Uh, for me, again, it's that love story. I don't feel like uh, he earned it enough. I feel like uh, she gave in a little too easy. And I know the mo- movie's about him, and and because this is while a dark, it is still a comedy. I'm fine with them ending up together at the end. It uh-huh. would it would have been totally wrong for them not to, right? Mm-hmm. It would have been uh, wouldn't it, it didn't seem like that type of movie. So I guess yeah. I can't really complain about that. Um, except that. I'm going to. That's fine. <laughs> I guess what I think Gross Point Blank did wrong is I, I'm not completely convinced in the character arc of Martin Blank mm. of what makes him actually kind of turn around. Like, you know, other than just because he was dating this girl in high school, really, what is what does she possess? Who is she that makes him want to change who he is? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not entirely convinced by that. It's a small criticism, but that's what I kind of think the movie did wrong. She's supposed to be that focal point, that thing that makes him think, like, I right. can change. I can be, to quote Jack Nicholson, I can be a better man, or you make me want to be a better man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't quite get that. 
Uh, all right, so if we were going to remake Gross Point Blank today, mm-hmm. uh, how would we do that, Joel? Man, I've got, uh, looks like I've got about seven here. And actually, I have, I have eight because, I have oh, okay. Uh, you want me to start with mine and then you can yeah. jump in with yours? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, let's do that. Uh, did you do Alan Arkin? I sure did. Oh, Alan Arkin, the uh, therapist. Is he a therapist or psychiatrist? He's a psychiatrist. That's too confused. Yeah. Um, I went with Albert Brooks. That's a good choice. From Drive. That's a good for choice. Defending your life. And Finding Nemo. Oh yeah, the voice of the voice of Dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great casting. <laughs> I there's something about seeing Brian Cranston kind of play like a weak character, like fearful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and playing it kind of like this Alan Arkin character. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Like his uh, Malcolm in the Middle roots. Yes, right? Yeah, that's right. So in our remake, he's just going to be wearing his underwear, dancing, <laughs> just dancing around in his whitey tidies. Uh, Jeremy Piven, did you do him? Do the friend? I did not. No, no, Ari. I went with uh, T.J. Miller. That's good. I, I think we'll have to change his careers because who would buy real estate from that hairy <laughs> Sasquatch-looking motherfucker? I don't but, know, man. Uh, T.J. Miller, I love him. He's fun. Always plays a good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, I did the cops. Did you recast did those not, two no, cops? The no. aforementioned cops, Hank, Hank Azaria, Azaria and his buddy, and uh, <laughs> the, the other guy we don't know. <laughs> um, I went with. They reminded me of. Uh, there was a film that came out a few years ago called Let's Be Cops. Oh, yeah. Starring Jake Johnson and Damon Wayans Damon Jr. Wayans Jr. Uh, similar roles, so let's get them back for those that, roles. That's good. That's those good. That was cops. a fun movie, man. And now we're coming to yours, huh? Let's do uh, Let's do Dan Aykroyd first, huh? All right. Um, Dan Aykroyd, I decided to just replace with another Ghostbuster with Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, that would have worked, though. Oh, my God. Bill Murray's an assassin? Yeah. With the two... Oh, that would have <laughs> been great. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't want to see him die, though. No. Nope. How about the way Dan Aykroyd goes out in this Jesus. film? With a fucking <laughs> CR2... CR2. CRT TV. Oh, yeah. To the fucking noggin. <laughs> I just love the way that it's set up. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so you got you got another gun over there? Like, I'll loan it to you. <laughs> he tosses it and then he's gonna fucking popcorn come across him. <laughs> uh, but Joan, Joan, John Cusack is one step ahead. Just bashes him over the head. So like he bashes him over the head with the TV, and as Dan Aykroyd falls back, you clearly see that it's not plugged in. Yeah. Yet as he's lying there on the ground, they added the sound effect <laughs> yeah, of like, and like sparks and electricity, and it's like it's, I can clearly <laughs> see the cord. Not yeah. I can clearly see. <laughs> I cannot choose the drink, drink in, front in front of me. Of me. <laughs> uh, so my Dan Aykroyd, I went with uh, another... Um, <laughs> Bernard Shaw. <laughs> no, <I'm> with, uh, <laughs> uh, Never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> oh, no. What is that guy's name? Uh, um, I thought it was... Sean Wallace or something like that. What is uh, that guy's Wallace name? Wallace Shaw? Wallace Shawn. That's Wallace his name. Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Is it Sean or Shaw? I'm pretty sure it's Wallace Shawn. Okay. Excuse me while I am this, this. Wallace Shawn, I believe. Wallace. Wallace. T Rex from yeah, Wallace Shawn, actor. Very cool. Look at him. That's his uh his best known thing is Inconceivable. 1995's Toy Story. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, you remember that film that came out a few years ago called uh, Toy Story Two? No, it was called uh, Just Go with It. No, I believe it starred. We're gonna look that one up too now. <laughs> this is fun. Tangent City, everybody. This is, this is my this is my favorite part of the this podcast. This podcast sponsored by IMDb. Well, what was the film I just said? Go for it. Go for it. Just go for it. Red. Just go, go for it. Black. Go for it. Just go with it. Couldn't Starring it? Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. Nope. <laughs> Brooklyn Decker and Nicole Kidman. Nicole look at all these Kidman. People. Nick Swardstone was in it. Um. I recall uh, being in a movie theater one time. You know how they announce when in, you know we're, we're now seating for theater six for Logan, whatever. Yeah. The uh, teenage girl, the despondent teenage girl who was uh, doing the voiceover, said, uh, 
uh, Theater 2 now seating Just go with it just go just with go it. with it, and it, it bugged me. It's like, no, don't you understand the emphasis, the, the emphasis? That's one of those, uh, and and the correct words. They call that a pet peeve. Joke. That's good. No, I've heard about those. Uh, Mini driver. I can, uh-huh. I can Hi, <laughs> I'm, I'm Mickey. <laughs> uh, Mini driver. I went with um, another curly hair. Well, she can ha- she can have curly hair when she lets it be natural. I'm talking about Natalie Portman. Nah, Jackie's Natalie Portman. That's yes, that's, that's right. Good. Oscar nominee. That's right. Oscar winner. Did she win for that? She won for uh, Black Swan, didn't she? Oh shit, I forgot about yeah, that. Oh, sure I love did. that film. Um, My Mini Driver, played by Felicity Jones, from this, this past year's flop of a Star Wars. Oh movie. come on. Hmm. Are you are you going to be purchasing it when it's released on Blu-ray no. and/or digital in the coming weeks? No, no. Well, you'll rent it again. I'll, I'll probably get it from the agency. How many? Yeah, good call. Yeah, I think they're going to give me a copy of did it. Did you see it a second time in theaters? Uh, oh, you did. I did because the second yeah. time was with us. Yes, you and your fucking advanced screenings. Yeah. Joe, are we ever going to be able to see a movie for the first? Hey, time man, together I again? was inviting you to the Star Wars one. Remember? No, I couldn't do that one as much <laughs> as I wanted to. What was I out of town? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think excuse. you were. No, you know what it was? You only had one pass, and I couldn't uh, see it without the. Without the girl. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm sorry. Lose hell for that. That's right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Get, get two passes. I'm not next apologizing time, to you. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, Mini Driver, Nelly Portman. You went with. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Just put that in. I went with Felicity Jones. Felicity so we Jones. Went, we both went with Star Wars people. <laughs> yeah, we did, didn't we? Yep. Different errors. Uh, which no. leaves me just with my John Cusack. No, no Joan Cusack. I did not recast Joan Cusack. Oh well, let me throw mine out there. Um, I love the role that she plays in this. She's the. the they never share space together, no, do they? they don't. They're always talking on the phone, uh-huh. and it's such a the, the banter between them. Well, I guess when you grow up with somebody, you should <laughs> should know how to talk to your sibling, especially <laughs> on screen. Uh, but I went with Amy Schumer for my recast. That's um, good. Just because, who knows? No, no, that's a good choice. I don't need I to mean, have an excuse. I don't need to she's, defend. She's a popular comedian. She's a popular actress. That's right. Uh, she would be funny in that role. She would be good in that role. So she's, that leaves John Cusack's character, Martin Blank. Yep. Uh, kind of out of left field for me, I went with Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I'd like neurotic. to see him do more. Very good. Mm. Dude, that's fantastic. And I have to admit, is better than my... Uh, What's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ah, oh, Joe Golev. Who I always like to roll out. Uh, I could see him in this role, but damn, Giovanni Ribisi. He's been playing a, a lot of bad guys recently. Yeah, he has. The last time I saw him was in Avatar, where he mm-hmm. was just kind of a one-dimensional <laughs> villain. He basically just played Paul Reiser from Aliens. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. We're yeah. going to go get us some unobtainium <laughs> from the planet. Meepos. I don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't Meepos. That's from Alf, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's from Perfect Strangers. Oh, the island of Meepos. The planet of... Of Melmac. Melmac! That's yeah. what it was. Yep. Paddywhack. Yep. Uh, you have a dog about? No, uh, Avatar was Pandora. Oh, yes. Thank yeah. you. You're in you Pandora. <laughs> Are you excited at all nope. about the four sequels? No. Nope. Joe, there are going to be five been, of these. Joel, it's been 10 years. It's been seven hours. Hasn't it been 15 days? days. I did hasn't, it again. It been, hasn't it been 10, 10 years since that movie came out? We're how, coming up on it. I how, think so. how long ago has it been? I don't know, but he's shooting like three or four movies like back to back. Well, listen, James Cameron, back. you better hurry the fuck up, man. Yeah. Or Why? Else People like Catherine Bigelow are going to keep making more important films than what you're oh, making. Oh, overtaken by the shit. X. That's right, man. Because you know what? Hurt Locker was a better movie, motherfucker. Were they up against uh, each other that yep, same they year? they sure were. For, oh, that was for Avatar? Uh-huh. Avatar versus the Hurt Locker. Uh, oh, that pains me, man. Does it? Why? Because 
Hurt Locker probably was better. It, it sure was better. I haven't even seen it, and I know it was better. Oh, dude, you need to watch that movie. Right. Uh, Not that I don't enjoy pretty, Avatar. It's pretty fucking intense, though. It's for the masses. Uh, yeah, for the masses. Did you uh, assign a director I for did, your remake? I did. Uh, I was lazy with it because I put Bill Murray in it. I was just like, Ivan Reitman. Oh, oh, actually, that's not a bad choice, it's, though. It's not, that. but... Eh. I went with uh, the Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers is good. They uh, they could do dark do the comedy. the Rousseau Brothers. <laughs> It'd be heavy on the action. Dude, I guess so, but you know those guys were behind like that show Happy Endings. No way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know they... total like witty comedy. Branched out. Yeah, it's the Rousseaus. Interesting. But again... And I mean that. I think I mentioned that like a couple podcasts ago. Sarah yeah. and I have been watching that. Listening. And... Uh... <laughs> I don't listen to myself <laughs> or you. What do you? What do you listen to? Uh, a lot of Enya. Yeah, a lot of easy listening. In me. I, I sh- <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's. You know what Enya sounds like. You want to hear it? <laughs> oh no. You know what we've been doing ever since uh, Jen and I came back from the old honeymoon from Hawaii? Oh, Ew, no, not oh, again. That we've, water, we've the macadamia been, nuts. We've been falling asleep to the uh, sounds of the ocean. Remember how you used to get the, the CD back in the day and yeah. fall asleep? They said it was uh, it was good for your REMs. Ironically, not good for Stand REM. Place <laughs> Listening to REM as you try to sleep. Oh, uh, I, I did have one of the best sleeps I ever had mm. on the patio uh, when we went to uh, I went to Maui Ooh. years ago. Uh, in fact, there's a picture of me somewhere, and I'm just like fucking passing the fuck out. <laughs> That's what Hawaii's uh, there for. But and I wasn't even—I wasn't drunk, right? I was just, just relaxing. I was just fucking relaxing. That's what it does to you. Uh, but yeah, no, that's good stuff. Um, great. Well, if you've got any thoughts, <laughs> if you've got any thoughts on how uh, how you would recast Rose Point Blank, or thoughts about the movie in general, uh, or any uh, rebuttals for what we've had to say about this movie, uh, you can always let us know all about it on Facebook in the search bar. Put in the editing bay. That's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's our page. That's where you can talk back to us. And if you uh, you have any movies that you'd like us to consider for the future, uh, you can go ahead and put those there as well. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is www.editingbay.com. When you go there, you're going to find all of our past episodes. You're going to find some pictures of us. You're going to find some swag that you can Real buy. Picture page. In the form of a T-shirt if you want to support the show that way. You're also going to find links back to our Facebook page, but also to our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. If you follow us on Twitter, you're going to get the first news. You're going to find out what movies we're doing the following week, so you'll be on the inside, uh, and you also uh, get to get to support the show in oh, dude, yet I another never, way. I never linked those uh, to the, the, past. Vi- the videos uh, to our uh, to the, the editing bay page where you're using the VR at Jeff's. Oh, I've loaded those up to my I saw own them on personal Facebook. album. Yeah. I've got to put them on the editing bay. That's a good point. If you want to see me freak out doing <laughs> some Samsung hilarious. VR. Uh, watching Je- sisters Jeremy and Luke Luke who takes the headset off after like three minutes <laughs> didn't even make <laughs> he it he was like nope through the entrance nope <laughs> which just makes it even more precious mm-hmm. um, precious guys if you get us on your Apple device uh, there's an app on your phone it's probably what you're using to listen to this podcast right now <laughs> called Podcasts uh, go ahead and go to the search function on that. Bring up the editing bay or Next Wave Radio. That's going to bring up this show. Tap on that, and that's where you could leave us a five-star rating and a review. We would really appreciate that. Let us know what you like about the show, uh, and give us a five-star rating. And then after you've done that, recommend us to your friends. You know, we would we would love that. Uh, you know, link to one of our episodes on your Facebook or social media, uh, and that would be dandy. If you don't have an Apple device, you got an Android, no fear. Uh, you can find us through the iTunes library by using the Podcast Addict and Podcast Republic apps. 
Uh, so you could find us there as well. So now it's time to figure out what we're going to do next week. Yes. Uh, Joe, do you have anything on your list? I don't even know whose turn it is anymore because we have we were out for a while and then uh, we caught up with Gross Point Blank mm-hmm. last week. Um, where did Pleasantville come from? That was a redo because we, yeah. we had planned on doing that and never so got around to it. So basically we're wiping the red out of our ledger. That that is true. We are uh, back in the back in black. Back in black. I hit the sack. <laughs> uh, so, so do you have anything you've been dying to do? Because I, I can pull something. Yep, I do. Great. So let's hear it. You just uh, recast Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie. Uh-huh. Man, there is a movie that we have referenced three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, uh, and we need to watch this fucking movie. Uh, what I'm talking about is an epic movie about a fucking heroic. Bicycle Messenger. No, no. Called Premium Rush. Premium Rush. <laughs> when did this movie come out? Like 2011 or Probably something? Probably 2011, 2010. I have to look this up. So it's starring Joe Lev, uh, yeah, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon, well, Oscar nominated. Huge fan of. Oscar oh, that's nom- right. Michael Shannon. Uh, yeah, dude. We have got to watch fucking Premium Rush. Now, we've both already seen it. I know I've already seen yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I just I just grabbed it on Blu-ray. What? Uh, so we could, so I could watch it again. I'm gonna have to borrow that from 75%. you. Seventy-five percent. Because I don't know that I want to pay for it again. Yeah, that's pretty good. Seventy-five percent with critics, sixty percent with users, uh, and that's all Rotten Tomatoes. So you can kind of guess which way most people <laughs> lean. I would mourn. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, lots to say about that film. I yeah. think. I think I have a lot to say, and I'll I, have to watch it again. I think I'll definitely have more to say about this movie than I will about Gross Point Blank. <laughs> other than just like, I liked it. My this opinions. Is, it's a fun movie. Uh, so yeah, guys, next week we're going to talk about <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Michael Shannon uh, in Premium Rush. So uh, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Joel, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.